You're listening to Mischief Media. Hey there, Nonplus listeners. You're the sort of person who likes to partake of a tipple from time to time. A what? A tipple. You know, it's a bit of, it's a bit of booze, but coyly and a little British. Coyly British is my stage name. Okay. If you enjoy a cocktail from time to time and you're looking to jazz things up a bit, you should definitely check out Shaker and Spoon. Yeah, Shaker and Spoon is a really cool subscription service that helps you be your own mixologist. They send you a new box every month centered around a carefully curated cocktail theme. Inside, you'll find all your ingredients, instructions, and even mixology definitions to help you craft your very own fancy cocktails. You provide the poison, Shaker and Spoon provides the pizzazz. To sign up and get $20 off your first box, head over to shakerandspoon.com forward slash nonplussed. Again, that's shaker, A-N-D, spoon.com slash nonplussed to get 20% off your first order. I'll drink to that. And one for Molly. In Morgan's defense, though, I had a similar conversation with my mother when she got divorced with my father, and I was only five, about, you know, potential wicked step-parents, just in this instance. Yeah. To your point, Nancy wasn't going to be a bad mother. No. My stepdad was kind of a dick. <laughs> there was that movie, what was it, Death the Smoochie, where they were yes. like, my stepdad's not mean, he's just adjusting. Yes. No, sometimes they are just mean. Sometimes they are just mean. Another episode of Non Plus, a gay romp through the Disney Plus vault. That over there is my husband Clancy, and over there is my husband Josh. And we are Non Plus, a mischief media podcast. Hello, everyone. We are back from our various work trips. We yep. are still in the process of buying a house and moving, but we are dedicated to bringing you timely content. Um, speaking of timely, the 2022 holiday gift guide is live on mischiefmerch.com. Yeah. Head there to check out all of our best suggestions for what to get the various geeks in your life. And of course, remember, if you get any MCU or nonplus stuff, they can do what, Clancy? They can use the code nonplus 10 to get 10% off your order. Yes. For every geek of every stripe yeah. in your life. What else is going on? Recently to the platform was this adorable Lucasfilm Studio Ghibli Grogu short. It was hand-drawn. Yeah. We just watched it. It's very cute. We'll drop a link to the Hollywood Reporter article about it. Yeah. My issue with the short was they started teasing it on social media this week. Mm-hmm. Like the two Twitter accounts, the Studio Ghibli and Lucasfilm Twitter accounts. Yeah. Engaging in one another this week with one another this week. I, I was thinking a long form Studio Ghibli animated Star Wars story a yeah. la one of the visions. Mm-hmm. The ones that you like to quote all the time. Oh, come to me, Kyber Crystal. Now come to me. Except you sound like you're coming when you do it. Um, point is, I'm right here. What we got, and I sound like I'm not grateful for it. It was adorable, but it's it's called Zen, and it's just a Grogu short with the the soot 
um, little uh, just messing with Grogu. Yeah, and like it's well, three minutes of um, that. There's Studio Ghibli slash Miyazaki tropes. They've been in a few of those. Yeah, films. the soot, the the dust bunnies. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're just sticking her like it's. Honestly, I wish it went Yule Log and went for 10 hours so that I could actually go to sleep yeah, to it. Yeah, because it feels like, it, it definitely feels like, I don't know what it it's is. Cute, I don't but know I need who more. It's, I don't know who it's for. Exactly. Like, I don't know what this was about. And if there's something more coming, is why the tease for the tease of what will get a teaser that will be a, you know what I mean? Like, why? Such a tease. Well, let's talk about something that's a little bit longer, and that is Wakanda Forever. We, we did it. Did it. We avoided spoilers. We did. I was in Vegas for work, and then we were both home for three days, and then you were in Orlando for work, where you got to go to the Walt Disney World Resort, both yes. Animal Kingdom and Epcot Center for the first time, comma, but that meant both of us had to avoid Wakanda Forever spoilers yeah. until literally this morning, November 13th. Yeah. We came home briefly so that you could put pants on because a cold front came in while you were gone, and we went straight to the theater. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of forever. Uh, no spoilers. Uh, no, no spoilers. No, no spoilers. It's surprisingly cathartic, and I think I think they did Chadwick good. I think they did Chadwick good. It's it's really good. I recommend you see it. Highly. All right. As always, our research comes from Wikipedia, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, Box Office, Mojo, and Disney.Fandom.com. We shook it up even in our own production schedule because we looked at the release schedule and we realized what's going to be dropping the same exact time as this episode, but the sequel to the film that we watched tonight, which was... We watched Enchanted. So just in case you were thinking, oh God, Disenchanted came out today. I haven't watched Enchanted in a while. What should I do? Listen to this, or at the very least, watch that and then listen to this, because I think we'll certainly enhance your experience. Absolutely. I think that this, uh, you know, just just first thoughts is that it was very, very cute. And because you had never seen it before. I had never. I I knew mm. what the, I knew what it was about. I knew that it was like a mm. live action. There's a fantasy element in it, but I didn't realize where how it started and where it went. I used to use one of the songs for my alarm, though. I yeah, we'll that, get there. there. There was a yeah trigger warning anyway he had a triggering moment yeah so point this, is you hadn't seen this before the sequel is coming out the same day this episode drops yes so yes this was released november 21st 2007 uh the year i graduated graduated uh, what clay it's oh, to be specific high school christ i am baby christ oh my god uh it runs for I 107 minutes graduated college yeah the year before this i know meanwhile <sighs> i was just a fresh face and in that world of adulting, like, oh, uh, so good. You know what makes me feel better about these conversations now? Mm-hmm. Those gray hairs I've pointed out in your beard. Oh, my God. Directed by Kevin Lima. Screenplay by Bill Kelly. Music by Alan Menken. Lyrics by Stephen Schwartz. Yep, we've seen Alan Menken before. Yes. Yeah. A few times. A few times. And Stephen Schwartz has a history with Adelta Zim because he wrote Wicked. Oh, okay. Yes. That makes sense. Let's talk about the cast. Let's talk about the cast. Living Disney princess herself, Amy Adams as Giselle. Patrick Dempsey as Robert Phillip. James Marsden as Prince Edward. Timothy Spall as Nathaniel. Susan Sarandon as Queen Nerissa. Jeff Bennett and Kevin Lima as Pip, the chipmunk friend of Giselle. Rachel Covey as Morgan. Adina Menzel as Nancy Termain. And Julie Andrews as the narrator. Oh, yay! All right, like like we said, you hadn't seen it. I had seen it. I thought this movie was absolutely delightful. 
And uh, I'm kind of surprised that I hadn't seen this up to this point. Agreed. I think we should just get into it. Let's get into it. upon a time. In the animated fairy tale kingdom of Andalasia, Nerissa, the corrupt and ruthless queen and a dark sorceress, schemes to protect her claim to the throne, which she will lose once her stepson, Prince Edward, finds his true love and marries. She enlists her royal servant, Nathaniel, to keep Edward distracted by hunting trolls. Giselle, a young woman, dreams of meeting a prince and experiencing a happily ever after. She, her chipmunk friend Pip, and animals from the forest work together to make a homemade statue of her true love she saw in a dream. Edward hears Giselle singing and sets off to find her. Nathaniel frees a captured troll to get rid of Giselle, but Edward rescues her. She and Edward are instantly attracted to each other and plan to be married the following day. Disguised as an old hag, Nerissa intercepts Giselle on her way to the wedding and pushes her into a well, where Giselle is magically transformed into a live-action version of herself and transported to New York's Times Square in reality. Giselle, frightened and confused, quickly becomes lost and homeless. So first of all, these little woodland creatures, I love the chaotic energy that's going on yes. with all of them. Well, it's even like, prior to that, I love the callback to the old school animated openings with this very oh, physical yeah, looking book. book. Yeah, 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 Except because we're going into a third dimension instead of a two dimensional reality. It's a pop up book. Yeah. So clever. It's but fun. yes, all of these all of these animals have very extreme levels of energy it's just absolutely delightful especially the chipmunk pip you know yes. we get throughout the movie but all of those birds they all have a sass in the lyrics it's um my prince my dream come true oh, oh my goodness whoa whoa what what's the problem i didn't give him any lips oh does he have to have lips of course when you meet the someone who was meant for you, before two can become one, there's something you must do. Do you pull each other's tails? Do you feed each other's <gasps> No. I mean, if they're gay men, maybe. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah. Again, we're bringing a queer theory lens to everything here at Nonplus, and surprisingly, Enchanted is a bit of a doozy. How creepy is it that she's making an effigy of a man that she dreamed of? That, and that the fact that there's no lips, and, yeah. then, and then you get the calip- caterpillar lips, which were... I guffawed at yeah. that fucking caterpillar. It was very, very funny. Um, well, and again, in the lyrics, they say, you know, the lips are the only things that touch. Obviously, this is a self-satirizing movie, but 15 years on, I don't know if it's actual reality or just my brain being run through one meta sieve after another... <laughs> But I feel like there is satire upon satire upon satire upon satire in this movie. Oh, and it starts with these lyrics. Yeah, it's abs- I, I I think it's absolutely intentional. It's just for sure. It, it's wild, and all of these animals look vaguely familiar. Like they are, they have clear visual references to previous animated Disney, films. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like the turtle kind of looks like the turtle kid from Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. The frog kind of looks Princess and the Frogish, but I think that came out later. It did come out later, but I, I think that they absolutely did were working with like the, the tropes. owl looks and- like Archimedes from mm-hmm. Sword in the Stone. But didn't behave the same. No. 
we're also watching Bake Off right now. There's the mm-hmm. there's the meal foil of Meta because it there's the commentary of well, you know, career driven people clearly can't raise healthy children and need a more traditional value structure it to their life, but that's all flipped on its head in the third end. Are you're looking at me like I'm crazy, but that's clearly the construct of this film is the power dynamics of gender roles. I don't, what does this have to do with Bake Off? Neil Foy. <laughs> Million folds. Oh, okay. The, the meta Mil Foy. Got meta it. Meta upon meta upon meta upon. <laughs> Got it. Okay. I, I, now I'm on board. What I also am on board with is that Pip, the squirrel ends up tipping over that like branch or whatever with the troll on it. With yes. the troll on it. Gotcha. Hey, that's cheating. I'm supposed to eat you. Oh no, you don't, you big lump. Oh. 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 Well, I gotta lay off the nuts. Same girl. They're setting up this sort of uh, criticism on gender roles and fairy tales and yeah. its impact on children. And ultimately, here, 15 years later, I can't decide what exactly it's trying to say about those things. It's a mixed message for me overall. Yeah. That doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it, because as I said, I, I laughed at the grumpy caterpillar. I, I, enjoy, I was delighted rewatching this tonight. I also thought it was great when Edward exclaimed Giselle out loud. Gosh, it's you. <laughs> yes, it's me. And you are? Giselle. Oh, Giselle! And, I mean, that's what I say when I climax, so. <laughs> oh, Giselle! <laughs> oh, Giselle. Oh, Giselle! So we get our first song, This True Love's Kiss. And yeah. again, the lyrics, it's so self-referential and super meta and kind of uh what is the term naive virginal because the you know it's the lips virginal. are the only things that touch oh my god you're the fairest maid i've ever met you were made to finish your duet and, and in years to come we'll how we came to love And it reminds me of the song that goes like this from Spamalot, which I know you haven't seen, but okay. I know I've played for you. Go for it. Once in every show that goes a song like this, starts off soft and low and ends up with a kiss. Yes, I remember oh, this yeah. one. Is the song that goes like this. It's just calling where, out a specific. Where, where, where. jump into these tropes because of course the very next day in this timeline she's immediately getting married yeah which means nerissa has to go full throttle and maybe she's an aquamancer i don't like the magic of 
what is actually happening fully unwinds by the end of the movie. But oh, do yeah. we care by then? Because we're all so charmed. But it, it she has. Would to, you say enchanted? I oh, Jesus. <laughs> but the point is, is that Nerissa has disguised herself as an old woman to convince Giselle to get to this well and then push her into the well. Yeah. Which either was or was not a portal to our reality the entire time. I guess. Because Again, Milfoy. People keep people keep getting pushed into it. I don't know. And coming back out, this is not a one-way hole. It's and not that's one- not the first time we'll make that joke this episode. Uh-oh. I will say that, so the, there's an aspect ratio. I noticed this at the beginning, and I was like, this is this is weird. Why wouldn't they just maximize it to the size yes. of the screen? And then, uh, yeah, we get into, it widens effectively. It takes up the full, the full uh, you know, letterbox frame, which is rad. You know, I like it when movies do little shifts. There were multiple points during this part where I could have sworn we were watching an extended 30 Rock episode. Oh, yeah. Like just some you of kept these pointing out like connections this person was to from 30, Por- Rock. 30 Rock. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just starting with James Marston, there's just a lot of 30 Rock crossovers. There and maybe really it was is. Because uh, and even the comedy was zeitgeisty. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It just, it felt like a Lorne Michaels production. There were even kind of Schmigadoon vibes at some point. Yeah. Because that's kind of what Schmigadoon is. Schmigadoon's an inverse of this to some extent. Effectively. Except it's a musical yeah. instead of an animated world. Right. But that is what being in Times Square on your own and not knowing where you're going feels like. It was overwhelming the first time that I went there. Yeah. Like it was a lot to deal with. And mind you, there wasn't a little person that was underneath my dress, but it was definitely like a lot going on. Yes. She calls the little person grumpy, which again feels a little It felt weird. like the um, Peter Dinklage episode of 30 Rock a little yeah. bit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Are we far enough away from this that we see even the meta as a bit problematic and that reading of it like contributes to the overall satire because they don't ever come back to it but and and like i think that's what makes it that much worse is that it that was just a joke i will say this both of the primary characters have to change a little bit by the end of the story yeah and so we do understand that this is a portion of her fish out of water yeah. toxic positivity i feel like toxic positivity but even that is a meta read on it i honestly yeah. are we going too deep does it matter that guy got paid yeah you know what i mean i mean it, how deep is that well uh, it goes either to absurd fantasy or harsh reality or depending harsh reality. on yeah. uh if you're coming or going we're going to be doing this all episode, folks. Pretty much. You want to move on? Yep. Robert, a single father and divorce lawyer, is preparing to propose to his girlfriend when he and his young daughter, Morgan, encounter Giselle on their way home. At Morgan's insistence, Robert begrudgingly allows Giselle to stay the night in their apartment. Pip and Edward embark on a rescue mission to the real world where they are turned into live action versions of themselves. Nerissa sends Nathaniel to follow and impede Edward, giving him three poison apples that will put whoever eats one to sleep until the clock strikes 12, after which they will die. Meanwhile, after Giselle summons birds, insects, and vermin to clean Robert's apartment, Nancy arrives to take Morgan to school and, upon meeting Giselle, assumes Robert was unfaithful. A frustrated Robert spends the day in the city with Giselle, who questions Robert about his relationship with Nancy and suggests he send Nancy flowers and an invitation to a costume ball at the Woolworth building the next evening. So first of all, Robert, why are you giving your daughter this book with all these notable dead women? We don't find out until much later what actually happened to the mother, and I'll discuss it then. But what we're being shown here is that a single father 
mm-hmm. uh, who is progressive or, you know, educated or whatever. Almost to a fault. Almost to a fault is going to be a fine parent, but, you know, maybe a little directionless and not quite entirely well, what the child needs. It's like he's he's trying to land an expectation with this child, like, you know, hey, well, the also, world is not going to be this way. While also never cleaning the house. But also being a slob. To the point that Nancy notices when it's clean oh later. Oh my god. Like it's, and also, like Nancy, I get that you never stayed over, but did you never come over? No, she had that, to have come that by. That would have been, like, if that's a pretty big red flag. I mean, you say that, but do you remember what your bedroom looked like when we moved in together? I don't want to talk about exactly, it. Exactly. But I was also in college. This guy is a lawyer. This is true. With a child. With a child. That needs to and be. A gar- and a girlfriend. Uh, yeah, no. Yes. I can't tell if the divorcing couple being black is progressive or not. Like, again, <sighs> I'm so deep in this that I can't tell if it's meta commentary or not. Yeah. Because also, this is where divorces of our age are going to go arguing over fandom shit. I mean. Like, that's that's literally what people our age are going to get. Di- like, this, these are the divorce arguments. Yeah, every once That's a, my Funko Pop. Those every, are my original Air Jordans. Every once in a while, I'm like, who's going to get this? What? <laughs> <laughs> we get a handful of cameos from fr- from some famous Disney voices, starting yeah. with uh, Jody Benson as Sam, Robert's assistant. She was the voice of Ariel. Yeah. Hey, so after a whole day of that, you still want to get engaged? Oh, please. Those people got married on a crazy romantic whim. It's not like that with Nancy and I. Oh, that's right. None of that crazy romantic stuff for you, huh? Oh, come on. I mean, we're rational. Oh. No, we've taken the time to understand each other's strengths and weaknesses. Sounds like you're building a bridge. Have you told your daughter yet? No, I haven't. Not yet. But I'm going to tonight. That's the tricky part. I got a present to ease her into it, though. And with yeah. news like this, I hope you got her a Shetland pony. It's and of course Julie Andrews. I, I don't. We mentioned her in the cast. She was the narrator. So this movie opens with the voice of Mary Poppins. Yeah. There's a lot of those references throughout the film, and they're a bit like you'd need to go to the Enchanted Wiki to really clock them all. And we'll link it in the show notes for sure. And I think that that's that's fun. Again, it's it's you know these small little Easter eggs and stuff like that. And I don't think it was trying to overdo it either. I think it was a good balance of, you know, hey, here's all these, you know, references you may get, but also it's not like at a disservice of the stories. Right. So like, yeah, no, that's great. I do like that when Giselle is first meeting Robert. Ah! You okay? Oh, I'm fine. Are you okay? I'm, I'm fine. What were you doing up there? Uh, I was looking for some help. You see, I've been wandering very far and long tonight, and I'm afraid nobody's been very nice to me. Yeah, well, welcome to New York. Thank you. Right. Okay, you sure you're all right? Oh, yes. You need me to call somebody for you? Well, I don't think they'd hear you from here. She's like, thank you. It's a cute moment. It was a cute moment, because it's just like, Sarcasm doesn't course. exist in Andalasia. Of course. Of course, that's the way she'd respond. And yeah. it was absolutely delightful. I will say, though, that I'm on Team Robert here. I think that Giselle coming in like a freight train into your whole business. Sure. Well, a- and from absolute- Robert's perspective, she's a degree delusional for sure. A little bit. And she probably uh, would need professional help. If she weren't actually from another world. Exactly. But how did animals, sh- oh, the birds and the mice helped. How did they make a hoop skirt? yeah a hoop skirt that big that Uh, was that couldn't fit through a door could not fit through a door 
So she stays the night. Yeah. Because who could who could turn away real life cartoon character Amy Adams with those baleful eyes? And the next morning she wakes up and realizes this mess. Mm -hmm. And here's where, again, I'm digging too deep. Characters from an enchanted land all have some degree of magic, Mm -hmm. even though Giselle isn't technically a magical character in her original land, because how else? Can she uh, ring out this literal siren song for the vermin of New York? A vermin whisper. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like there's some degree of magic there. And and it's so Just, gross. It is so gross with Even all the cockroaches. Little, and that little nubbin pigeon. Oh, yeah. With that, that, with, because they get their feet caught and they still it's so grossly specific. <laughs> it really is. Especially as like they're doing the dishes and things like that. And you see like the rats basically like taking their tails to like wipe things off and whatever. Yeah. And then the one pigeon trying to take the plate to the cabinet just slips because of course it's a fucking pigeon. It can't so carry gross. a plate that big. Come my little friends as we all sing a happy little working song. Merry little voices clear and strong. Come and roll your sleeves up so to speak in kitchen. Cleaning crud up in the kitchen as we sing. That he doesn't immediately fumigate is beyond <laughs> me, truly. Well, and the other thing, too, is when he was trying to clean it up, he was just swatting at the cockroaches, but not getting rid of them. No. He only scurried out the rodents, so it's presumably the cockroaches... Well, and if anybody around. else in that building saw him do that and realized that he was the cause for the drop <laughs> in their property value, can you imagine? Because come on, New Yorkers, what are we talking? Ten million? Oh, I also really enjoyed the pigeon that ate the cockroach. <laughs> Little nubbin ate that cockroach there at the end. It was so cute. Wasn't this fun? I also thought at this point, Giselle, I get that you think that the water is magic, but you ha- you had to know that you like you turned it on. Yeah. You got that far. Turn it off. Just she figured out how to turn it on. And she knew that's how that worked. And then yet the whole thing was a mystery to her. And again, Nancy comes in. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you guys get a maid? Like it was noticeable enough. Yeah. Morgan thinks that she's stumbled into a literal fantasy world herself. Yes. Having a princess around. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be. She's on board. Obfuscating things here. But nobody, no adult in this film takes enough time to stop and listen to what anybody is saying to no. them. Talk about what, Robert? How I never stay the night because we both agreed Morgan's here and you have to maintain some boundaries. And I thought I'm so lucky. He's sensitive. I didn't realize you were worried about crowd control. Okay, so you will talk later. Don't bet on it. What about taking Morgan to school, you know? Some grown-up girl bonding time. What, so you can have some grown-up girl bonding time? I don't think so. But just... Goodbye. Oh, she is lovely. But... Uh, you know, how else would we have a plot? (laughs) (laughs) I also, I want to say that Nancy, she, I kind of feel like she just got done dirty through this entire thing. Yeah. She wasn't evil. She wasn't a bad person. She was literally in a five year relationship Mm -hmm. with Robert. Yes. And Robert in a day throws it away. Yeah. In a day. In a day. Ugh. So Edward and Nathaniel and Pip all make it through. They are all also real world versions of themselves. Again, 
Does Nathaniel have some degree of magic? Because how does he know what a Russian accent is? Why is he in this kitchen wearing a hat on top of a hat? They're literally putting a hat on a hat in this scene when (laughs) Nerissa is contacting him through a pot of soup. Poison apples, my lady. You mean you want me to... Nathaniel, don't you see, my darling? If there's ever going to be a happily ever after for us... Hmm? Happily ever after... My leader. Mm, yes, it won't be difficult. It's just one bite. That's all it takes. One small bite. And since the poison apples through, is the pot now also poisoned? Can people not transfer through any? What are the limits of Nerissa's aquamancy, and why do I care this much? I was worried that he was only going to take one apple, and then the other two apples would stay, and then those. Would get Did served. they just close down then, a restaurant because they poisoned people. ten yeah. people? Mm-hmm. Murder soup. Yeah. And then cut back to tonight at 10 couple divorcing because Robert's got to come back to the office with Giselle. Yeah. Who Sam is frightened of rightfully. So Mm -hmm. Giselle walks up again, toxic positivity and just touches Mrs. Banks's hair again. Don't touch anyone. You don't touch people's hair. Don't touch anyone without permission. You and I are neither women nor black and so don't have a uh, a whole lot still but, though but if, you if, don't touch another person if you're listening to the sounds of our voice and uh, you thought for any reason it was okay to touch another person without permission or to touch a black person's hair to touch anyone's hair but specifically like this it's a problem and that's what i'm saying like what's the meta commentary here yeah it <laughs> i don't like just, it i don't like it i, I took me out that said same. when she like spit the fish out into that glass. Giselle, Giselle, don't drink that, okay? I have a critically important meeting. Sam is gonna get you home. Sam, yes. this is Giselle, Giselle, this is Sam. Hi. Be careful. Stay out of trouble. <laughs> oh, oh. It's nice to meet you. Oh, <laughs> and, and the receptionist was just God. horrified. Well, yeah, again. <laughs> rightfully so she's a problem he's she's messing up his job they got to get to the park now Uh uh-huh is he russian this time i can't remember but he gives her a caramel apple yeah that looks like the snow white poisoned apple exactly i'm pretty sure you can get these in the parks during the the halloween times what about you how long have you known your nancy uh it's five years and you haven't proposed well no i well, no wonder she's angry. Well, hello, nice lady. You want a juicy, sweet caramel apple, maybe? Mmm. No charge for the beautiful young woman. Oh, really, it's free. Of course, today is free caramel apple day. Tomorrow is free beef turkey. She throws that poison apple and it hits a biker's head and later it melts through that helmet. But it's Burning just him. supposed to put her to sleep? That way it would melt her face off. Yeah. No, it would that, melt that, her fucking was, face off. Yeah. The, the song that, that, that happens here, the whole number. Yes. How does she know? I really didn't enjoy the musical number of this and all of the people joining in. It was, it was, it was a fun little number. It was very cute. I loved it. I think it was, uh, again, one thing I pointed out towards the end was like each musical number as we got closer to the end was more and more non-diegetic. Mm-hmm. Is that the correct? Yes. Yeah. 
but to your point, everybody joining in, these construction workers could not look gayer. Oh, yeah. The gayest. They immediately reminded me of the Simpsons episode, Homer's Phobia. Is that the one where he's in the, uh, the like, that warehouse? It's the John Waters episode yeah. where they're afraid Bart's going to turn gay and they go to that construction place and we work hard and we play hot, hot stuff coming through. <laughs> hot stuff coming through. Dad, why did you bring me to a gay steel mill? I don't know. This is a nightmare. You're all sick. Oh, be nice. Oh, my son doesn't stand a chance. The whole world's gone gay. Oh, my God. What's happening now? We work hard. We play hard. And it's funny because we were talking about John Waters prior to this because of Hairspray. Yeah. Because... Of the cast of this, because James Marsden was in Hairspray, and we were trying to figure out if you'd seen the version of Hairspray that he was in, and then we're in Times Square, and Hairspray is on the billboard. Yeah. I I felt like I was falling through time for a minute. <laughs> the last note that I have here is that these doves uh, that deliver the flowers, <laughs> that know where Adele Dazim, a.k.a. Nancy, lives and works. His concern is... That she does that, that they don't know. His right. only concern is that they don't Not know. Not that she's commanding birds to take this thing. Right. But I will say Ugh. in his defense, you've flown out of the Long Beach airport. Sometimes there's just birds inside. And in New York specifically, I have had multiple encounters with pigeons. But yeah, then we get to Nathaniel's final attempt in this Italian restaurant. Mm-hmm. How does he know what an Italian accent? What is in his hair? From the secret of my Secret oh. Mara, how come people keep giving you free stuff? What is it? It's apple martini, miss. Oh, apple martini. Oh, it looks yummy. Yeah, be careful. It's poisonous. You're joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll creep up on you, though. I'd be really careful. Well, I'll just have one sip. A sip is all the time. Oh. Now Robert's concerned about rodents. He wasn't concerned before. No. Now it's a health a sudden, code violation. Come the fuck on. What is happening here? Again, birds in an office. I'm so confused about the underlying narrative of Ugh. this New York, truly. Yeah. Edward locates Giselle at Robert's apartment. While Edward is eager to take Giselle home to Andalasia and marry her, she suggests that they should go on a date first and get to know each other better. Giselle promises to return to Andalasia after the ball that night, which Robert and Nancy also attend. Nerissa decides to come to the real world and kill Giselle herself after Nathaniel fails twice to poison her. At the ball, Robert and Giselle dance romantically with each other. Giselle and Edward then prepare to depart, but Giselle feels depressed at leaving Robert behind. Nerissa appears as the old hag and offers the last poison apple to Giselle, promising that it will erase her sorrowful memories. Giselle takes a bite, falls unconscious, and is plunged into a deep sleep with mere minutes to live. I don't, they end up, Edward and Nathaniel end up in some motel. How do they afford it? Where do they get money from? You can't check into a room without an ID. Maybe the implication is it's just that skeezy of a place because I think that TV was meant to look old at the time. The train or whatever it is was going by and like, you know, the headboard kind of fell off the wall. Yeah. Yeah. But the way you giggled when he said magic mirror, tell me where she is. And she said (laughs) reporting live from 116th and Broadway. Is this unprovoked attack part of some new trend? Is rodent rage on the rise? Magic mirror, I beg you, 
Tell me where she is. Reporting from 116th and Broadway. 116th and Broadway. Thank you, Mira. I'm Mary Eileen Casaletti. You giggled. That tickled you so much. It was a fun little meta moment. Yes. Well, and then when she gets mad and discovers a new emotion for the first time, she becomes a literal manic pixie dream girl. Oh my God. It's, it's, I, again, I, <laughs> I'm thinking too heavily about it, but what's the story we're trying to tell here? Oh, being mad at your partner is actually healthy and you, yeah. you know, perfection is unattainable. I just want to reiterate. Mm. Nancy has done nothing wrong. No. Nancy has done nothing, nothing wrong, wrong and she is getting fucking shat on. Yeah. I mean, they're also showing that, like, you know, a strong, uh, self aware career woman isn't yeah. necessarily the perfect mother for a child or for this child. But I the hyper-femininity of Giselle is also dangerous. Like, what are they but trying I don't, to I, But say? I don't see... I got no indication that Nancy was going to be an unfit co-parent. That's that's my point. Is like, what are we... There's no... What are we saying? Why? Why? Why, why indeed? Why? Nerissa has gone from the evil queen in Snow White to Yzma real quick. I don't know how they found each other this day. I really don't. You idiot! But your majesty... Oh, I sent you to kill her, not save her. Can't you get that straight? I, I, I realize you're upset, madam. But if you could find you a way to give me one more chance, Another I promise... Another chance? What do you think, poison apples grow on trees? There's only one left. You are out of chances. But your majesty, please, I... Then forget it! I love it. I love that Susan Sarandon has this range. She's embodying... Uh, many Disney villains at once. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then Pip poops. Oh, right. The squirrel pooped. Like, literal poop literal came out. Poop. I think that's the first time we've seen actual poop. Yes. On Dis on a Disney Plus movie. So, you know, hey. Yeah, hey. Check your bingo cards. We hit it. <laughs> the non-plus bingo card. You I didn't realize there was poop on the bingo card. There is. Oh, okay. There's, I mean. <laughs> but then, again, to the point of all the meta-ness, we get this turn where... The idealized, hyper-masculine, hyper-feminine identities turned on each other don't lead to happiness, and there does need to be some degree of balance. Yeah. But I... I, I, I Morgan comes to the rescue, and... Oh, right. She pulled out the gold card hidden in... Why does she know that that card is there? Why does an eight-year-old need to know where the emergency gold card is? Exactly. Why is there this this 90s now, shopping montage? No, no. I love a fucking shopping montage. I absolutely do. They had so many bags. It was great. They were going in and out. Like, it's it's delightful. Yes. What I didn't like was the dress that she ended up wearing was the most basic dress. I just want you to remember. All of the bags that she had. Again, love a shopping montage. Yes. I love it. Lots and lots and of bags. We, and then we get to the salon. Yes. And when you go out, you don't want to wear too much makeup because otherwise the boys get the wrong idea and you know how they are. They're only after one thing. What's that? I don't know. Nobody will tell me. Let's it, unpack this a little bit. This feels like the the criticism of feminism itself, yeah. plus satire of the idea of the Disney princess ideal yeah. and the danger of that deal. It's bopping between because she immediately Morgan's just like I don't know what it means, 
But saying that the boys will get the wrong idea because you decided that you wanted to make yourself like you wanted to you wanted to wear makeup. Yeah, again, and that's it's, putting out the wrong. Oh, but I think we're also supposed to have that reaction. Even watching it in 2007, I think we were supposed to have that yeah, reaction. I guess. But now looking at it 15 years later, it does feel like, wow, okay. What? <laughs> but again, this is where we get 30 Rock vibes because there's a couple of episodes with younger actresses on them where they're like wise beyond their years or not. <laughs> I remember. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, but it's also a trope of how being, of how like single dads communicate with their daughters. Mm-hmm. And we, her mother left so early that they never shopped together. We're still not sure what this relationship is. We're, yeah. We'll get to it in a minute because it pisses me off in Morgan's defense though. Uh, and you know, there, there was that movie. What was it? Death, the smoochie where they were yes. like, my stepdad's not mean. He's just adjusting. Yes. No, sometimes they are just mean. Sometimes they are just mean, but <laughs> similarly, they make a comment about this isn't a date because you don't bring your kids on dates. <laughs> My dad absolutely brought me on dates to meet the woman who would eventually become my stepmother because my father was an alcoholic and he met her at a bar that she worked at. I don't (laughs) know. No, 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 no. We're unpacking our trauma Uh on nonplussed. Also, maybe I've just seen too many MCU movies, but I would have expected what uh, that when what appears to be a drag queen emerges from the central sewer in Times Square, yes, it would make at least enough news to catch anybody who's actively watching TV, if not potentially disrupt this uh, costume ball that's happening nearby. People have camera phones. People have... Yeah, yeah. He had a fucking smartphone. You're right. There's You're plenty of people that right. have fucking camera phones. That would have been caught on. Uh, someone would have caught that. And if I were better at my research, I would have figured out who did the makeup for this. Mm. Because Susan Sarandon here, uh, IRL, looks more like a drag queen than most drag queens on <laughs> film look. Because most of the time in film, it's straight white women doing quote unquote drag makeup. Yeah. There might even be a couple women listening to this who have asked a drag queen to quote, do my makeup like that sometime end quote and realize that they look like they got shot with Homer Simpson's makeup gun for the woman who only has four fifths of a second to get ready. Close your eyes, Marge. And now you're ready for a night on the town. (gasps) Homer, you've got it set on whore. Uh, Okay. This time try to keep your nostrils closed. Oh, look what you did. Now I have to go get my cold cream gun. Dad, women won't like being shot in the face. Women will like what I tell them to like. Now here's something for everyone. Because yeah, drag-, drag queens don't paint for daylight, sweetie. They even don't. When they, they paint go for the club. Daylight. They paint And that's what I'm saying. Night. Even in these platform heels, Susan Sarandon is giving me fucking Portland, Oregon drag queen realness right here. Absolutely. A good clerk. drag name. For if she were oh, to do we it, go. would be Susan Saran rap. Jesus, <laughs> getting so much use out of that rim shot. I love this it. Episode. It's also weird to me that her magic powers work exactly the same in this world, or perhaps differently. Because she's able to control that. Yeah, fountain. I don't. It's but again, Giselle and Nathaniel's magic also kind of works but they're not technically magic. It's all starting to unravel for me here. It does a little bit. I think there's a little bit of like. 
you've got to suspend your disbelief a little bit on your own. Uh, not poke holes. You know what I mean? Of course. But like, you know, eh. but that wouldn't be good listening. That's not as no. funny as what we do here. This, this is absolutely true. But they get to this ball and Edward introduces Giselle. Oh, this is Edward. He's my, um, prince. And uh, this is Nancy. She's, well, she's, she's. We're together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this beautiful lady is Giselle. The love of my life. My heart's true desire. Wow. Is something wrong? Oh, just the way you said that. So straightforward. Not a hint of irony. It's very romantic. Well, thank you. And this is where they start to turn their criticism of Nancy up a little bit and even say, see, even a successful career woman just wants a man to fawn over her. So I, I am I digging? This is what I mean. I'm probably digging too deep. I, I Again, it was one of those things where it's like Nancy got done dirty in this and it just I don't understand why. Yeah. I don't understand why she rolled over and was like, never mind. I'm just going to take your table scraps. All that ha- See, like, again, I, I think that that's an over analysis because what I had was this kind of love isn't magic. It works. It's that this comparison, despite the tropes, uh, you know, we want the couples to switch. We want a mix of love and logic. We want fantasy and fact, but not necessarily in balance. And at the same time, that's why the other couples work together. And that's why it's like a, an ensemble piece. Mm. But Nancy got done dirty. A five year relationship is gone overnight overnight she ends up happy in the end though i know she ends up happy but like still though it's still problematic it's It's still still a criticism of who these characters are especially because she didn't do anything wrong to begin with and took me out a little bit for sure for sure for sure all right shall we pull this carriage into the carriage house uh yeah let's gallop away nerissa attempts to escape with giselle's body but is confronted by edward nathaniel reveals her plot Robert realizes that true love's kiss is the only force powerful enough to break the apple's curse, and Edward's kiss fails to wake Giselle. He and Nancy prompt Robert to kiss her instead. When Robert kisses her, Giselle awakens. Infuriated, Nerissa transforms into a dragon and takes Robert hostage. Giselle takes Edward's sword and pursues Nerissa, and she and Pip cause Nerissa to fall to the streets below. Robert almost falls as well, but Giselle manages to catch him, and they share another kiss on the roof. A happy new life unfolds for everyone, showing Edward and Nancy falling in love and marrying in Andalasia, while Nathaniel, who stays in New York, and Pip, who returns to Andalasia, each write successful autobiographies based on their experiences in the (laughs) real world. Giselle starts a very popular fashion design business that she ostensibly stole from Nancy and forms a happy family (laughs) with Robert and Morgan in New York. They brought in that chaise lounge. Look, I've done so many events. (laughs) They would immediately get her out of visibility for her own safety. Yes. And comfort and bring in some EMTs. Mother? Edward. Yes. Oh, her. I was taking her out for a little fresh air. She seems to have swooned. Oh, leave her, darling. I think she's fine. Just leave her, slap her. Give her some water. She's fine. Someone help me, please. You're overreacting. You needn't get. Once they realized that it would not be a danger to move her, nobody's going to get a chaise lounge. A chaise lounge and then put it in front of the elevator. <laughs> like she was about to do another musical number. Pretty much. Well, yeah. When she says, uh, you know, Nathaniel starts to reveal Nerissa's plot. Yeah. Oh, well, she fainted, but no, she'll be she fine. didn't. Nathaniel, 
Go back to the car. I will not. You know what that reminded me of? Hmm. That one episode of CMT Crossroads with Dolly Parton and Melissa Etheridge, where someone in the audience shouts, I love you, Dolly. And Dolly goes, I told you to wait in the truck. I love that. <laughs> there was a uh, Larry the Cable Guy joke that did the same fucking thing. He that somebody, somebody, somebody called out and he was like, I thought I told you to wait in the truck. I bet Dolly now, did it first. I, I, if we, absolutely, that's if what we happened. did research for this at all. Um, meanwhile, they're talking about the impact of true love's first kiss and your yeah. response to that was to fart as if on cue. <laughs> That's right. Kind of reminded me when I proposed and your response was, I guess, I guess. And here we are. Yes. Literally. <laughs> oh. Even martinis over it at this point. Can, can we talk a little bit about the necrophilia vibes that are going on? <laughs> yeah. Again, it's that you're literally describing Sleeping Beauty, oh. Snow White, oh. like it's there. I don't like That's it. what they're referencing. I don't like they're it. They're referencing the very things that we enjoy and I engage mean, in when we go to the theme parks. I, I know, I know, I know, but still, it just seemed icky. The bigger problem to me is that Nerissa as a dragon looks like she's related to the dragon from Shrek. I was getting Spyro vibes. Like that's where I was. Oh, at. that too. I yeah. do like her line about spiteful and vindictive, but never crazy. Oh, You're crazy. No, spiteful, vindictive, very large, but never crazy. Oh yeah. That was a fun one. But when you consider that the Disney villains that they're making fun of were all queer coded to some degree, even Nathaniel in this movie, yeah. when he says that he's actually looking for a prince. Let me guess. You're uh, looking for a beautiful girl, too. No, I'm looking for a prince, actually. Right. Is it positive or negative that the queer coding that's being interpreted here is, you know, vindictive? It's not a mental issue. It's just. We're vindictive little queers. Yeah. But I'm digging into it. Probably a little bit, but no, but I, I say I share the same sentiment with that because it is one of those things where it's like, can we just have some good gays and not have to to make it a fucking joke? Can't we just have some good gays? Can't Put we that just on have some good gays? She dies and she turns to dust. Um not dissimilar to how different deities dissolve in the MCU. Yeah. My question here is, does that mean that if Giselle Edward or Pip died in this world, that they would also turn into party glitter or I, I assume so because like when they were coming out of the manhole, um, which, you know, Hey, that's a Sunday night for me. Hey, uh, no, or the, jumping into the manhole, like, uh, Edward Tuesdays. and <laughs> <laughs> like Edward and Nancy do at the end. I, I think that, yes, they probably would have also fairy dusted, especially, but let that drop off of that roof. That's what terrifying. They're still on top of the Woolworth building, even though they're like, I still have you. And here's a kiss. I'd still be screaming. What yeah, the fuck because there's no way down. They like no. pull the camera pulls out and it's like, there's no ledge. Yeah. There's no like on or like and landing. Isn't it like raining. So they've got to wait for yes. a police helicopter or something. Ugh. They're both going to get sick. Really? And like I said, they literally swapped lives. Like Nancy's sliding right in. And then I guess Giselle takes over her in fashion industry. And now there's a children's charity involved. Oops. I'm so sorry. <laughs> wow. Really good reception here. 
I'm so confused. There's, there's going to be a missing persons report about Nancy because she's literally she disappeared. That's what I'm saying. She gets a call, doesn't answer it. That is a big red flag. Yeah. Ugh. There's entire true crime docu-series have been launched for less. Yeah. Where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? What happened to Hashtag Nancy? Hashtag where's Nancy? Uh, and that's enchanted. And that is enchanted. <laughs> it was made with eighty-five million and made three hundred and forty million, three hundred forty point five million. It's surprising that it didn't get a sequel to like almost immediately, right? Like, why did it take this long? Critics had it at ninety-three percent. Joe Morgenstern of the Wall Street Journal said, "Like the Cinderella figure she plays in Disney's Enchanted, Amy Adams spreads a contagion of delight. The movie is great fun, but <laughs> she's enchanting." Yeah, phrasing. That's quite particular. Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian in 2007 said, overhyped family movie covered in cellophane shrink-wrapped corporate Disney plasticness. Uh, well, they got the Susan Saran rap portion correct, but I don't agree. <laughs> I really don't agree with this sentiment. I don't understand what Peter has. Uh, I don't I don't understand what that's Peter has. That's a man who doesn't like fun. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. He went to this and was like, He's a thief of joy. A thief. Of joy. You are a thief of joy. Dana Stevens from Slate said Disney can afford to poke fun at a lot of things about itself, and in Enchanted, it does exactly that to largely charming effect. And see, that's maybe that's why I'm saying, like, I'm digging too deep. I feel like that's the median response, and that's mm -hmm. probably where I should be, and that I'm overanalyzing nonsense from 15 years ago and a lot of things. Yeah. Audience gave it uh, an 80%, but uh, what do we got here for some audience reviews? Gimli M in 2019, August 25th, 2019, gave it three stars. Honestly, I can't really tell if this is wholesome or not. And I can't get into why without spoilers, but I just, a lot of weird decisions went into making Enchanted. I agree uh, to some de to some degree, Gimli. Yeah. But maybe we're, again, overthinking it. A little bit. Uh, Bradley J in 2015 gave it five stars, saying, I don't know why this is so delayed since I've seen this movie countless times but it was an utterly delightful satiric poke at the disney's brand which yeah i agree agreed and then dan m these are all super reviewers by the way in february 19th 2015 three and a half stars enchanted is a wonderful spoof on the classic disney fairy tale story that mixes animation with live action sure yeah he goes deeper but we don't need to giggity giggity and just real quick on the music, the film scores we mentioned was written by songwriter and composer Alan Menken, who has worked on a number of Disney films previously, along with uh, Stephen Schwartz, who wrote the lyrics. As we mentioned, he did Wicked. Yeah. Um, also Godspell. And I think what was the other one? Um, Pippin. Mm. Um, and the two of them previously worked together on the songs for Pocahontas and the Hunchback of Notre Dame. And out of the six completed songs written and composed by Menken and Schwartz, uh, five remained in the finished film. Uh, the song titled Enchanted, a duet featuring Edina Menzel and James Marston, was the only song of the Menken and Schwartz's authorship and composition that was deleted from the movie. Which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's the name of the movie. Yeah. And also, we didn't get, Adina didn't get to sing at all. No! 
and that's a fucking well, and crime. She, in interviews, she did mention saying that, you know, she was glad that she was chosen on her acting chops, not her singing chops, because sure. they didn't have songs written for her. And I think part of this is what, what you know, to some degree, what led to her becoming Elsa eventually. Yeah. But um, the songs all contain direct lyrics to other Disney songs yeah. and movies. The Happy What Working Song is like Whistle While You Work and the Work Song and A Spoonful of Sugar. Um, some of them uh, obviously pay musical homage to the Sherman Brothers, and they have a self-parodic Alan Menken-style middle eight, the sort of like weird, um, not weird, but like sort of cognitively dissonant bridge in the middle of a song yeah. where they're having a thoughtful moment before going into the final verse and chorus. Yeah. Um, that's the Alan Menken middle eight. Oh, that's... And cute. of course, that's how you know is a self-parody of Menken's compositions for Disney Features. Specifically, such big production numbers as Under the City, Under the Sea, and Be Our Guest. As for awards, it was nominated for a lot of stuff, but didn't win anything. Uh, for the Academy Awards, it won for or, uh, nominated for Best Original Song, Golden Globes. Uh, Amy Adams was nominated for the Best Actress in a Motion Pixel Musical or Comedy. Uh, it had a couple of Grammy nominations as well, and a couple of MTV Movie Award nominations. Yeah. Now we mentioned the costumes earlier. Costume designer was Mona May, who also did Haunted Mansion, Clueless, and The Wedding Singer. Oh, cool. And worked with the animators on the looks. I convinced Mona has some drag experience somewhere in her history, because otherwise Susan Saranda wouldn't look that good. Yeah, exactly. Enchanted is the first uh, feature-length film to have a live-action traditional animation hybrid since they did Roger Rabbit in 1988. Yeah, but it was it's a little bit different in this case, because they didn't interact direct the live action characters didn't interact directly with no the animated no, no, no. characters except for like the cg animals that were technically animated right what's funny about that is disney had mostly moved on to the more 3d style of animation yeah and most of their traditional artists were laid off after the computer graphics boom of the late 90s so that animation had to be outsourced to james baxter animation in pasadena which is Founded by a former Disney animator. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, there's several o- obvious homages to films like Old Yell- Old Yeller, The Shaggy Dog, Swiss Family Robinson, Bon Voyage, and Savage Sam. The That's How You Know uh, number was shot on location in Central Park, and it took 17 days to finish due to changing weather, um, which only allowed for seven sunny days for the scene to be filmed, which is wild. Bonkers. To do it's all a of that, gorgeous scene. It is gorgeous, and I'm glad that it makes sense why they like it's such a big set piece. Yes, they spent a lot of time on it. Yes, and the the elderly folks, like the older folks who are dancing in, yeah. the, in the middle, they're all former dancers. I think from Mary Poppins or other oh, Disney films. That's so cool. cute, right? Yeah. And finally, Disenchanted, the sequel to Enchanted, is scheduled to be released as you're listening to this on November 18th, 2022, on Disney Plus. Once again, starring Adams, Dempsey, Menzel, and Marston. Plus Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph. Alan Menken and Steven Schwartz return as the film's songwriters. And Menken also returns as composer of the score. I hope that Maya Rudolph gets a musical number because she can sing. She can. But if they if they do her dirty like Nancy. I mean. Now we know from the extended trailer that Nancy does get to sing in this one. Yes. And I'm does. looking forward to a duet with her and James Marsden. Hell since we yes. were robbed of it in this film. Robbed. 
Rob, what'd you think, Clancy? Overall, Again, final thought. I thought it was super cute. I think it it was definitely of its time in 2007. And I'm excited to see Disenchanted now. Yes, yeah. me too. Other than that, if you've got any thoughts yourself, you want to recommend a movie or whatever, or you want to send us some well wishes on our move, yeah. you can do that at submissions at nonpluspod.com. Clancy, where can they find us on social media? Well, they can find us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at nonpluspod. And of course, we'd love it if you would rate, review, subscribe on yes. your podcasting platform of choice to help us game the algorithm. Game it. Obviously, we're interested in SEO or we wouldn't have covered this movie. No. That over there is my husband, Clancy. And over there is my beautiful, gorgeous husband, Josh. Oh, and we are nonplus. That's how we know we're nonplussed because it is our show. That's how you know that we're nonplussed. I also liked it when uh, the prince, what's his name? Edward. Edward is calling out for Jezebel and it sounds like, oh, Jezebel. Well, her name's not Jezebel. Oh, what was it? Giselle. Sorry. Okay. Because Jezebel is a sex worker from the Bible, Clancy. <laughs> You're right. Hold on. That's a different kind of fairy Giselle. tale, Clancy. Giselle. Okay. He. But does. Yes. He okay. shouts. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Let me redo the joke. Another thing I enjoyed is when Edward exclaimed, oh, Jezebel, and it sounded like a hard, a hard J. Her name is not Jezebel. Her name is Giselle. And you said Jezebel again. Oh, my God. Okay, so Giselle. The the joke is literally in her actual name. I know, I know, I know what it is. You are overcomplicating your semen joke. I also loved it when Edward was exclaiming out Jezebel's name. No, Giselle. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Giselle. Giselle. Okay. And the little nubbin penguin. Not penguin. It's not a penguin. Disguised as an old hag, Nerissa intercepts Giselle on her way to the wedding and pushes her into a wall and pushes her into a well. Now go into that bit. Oh, okay. Just in case. I wanted to give a clean opening because sometimes I go, I wish I had a clean opening there. Got it. Because you know what I always say? You gotta have a clean opening. Oh my god. Uh, eleven August. Remember, you can get twenty dollars off your first box of booze boosters from Shaker and Spoon with the code nonplus. Just go to shakerandspoon.com slash nonplus to get your twenty dollars off today. Add some personality to your potions and some spice to your sauce. Ew. <laughs>